All right. You ready? Ready. Okay. Uh, this episode is about uh, bring your daughters to work, season two. Uh, so something to think about as we watch is um, what strategies do the different people in the office on the uh, use to get attention or to get love. So we're going to use this episode to talk about love and is it possible to show love with no strings attached and what are some of the unhealthy ways that we try to, uh, I guess, get love, get attention, that type of thing. So um, where does that urge to get attention or love or earn somebody's love come from? And then how does the gospel speak into that? So that's what we're thinking about. I am actually looking forward to Take Your Daughter to Work Day. I am not great with kids, but I want to get better because I'm getting married. So I put out a bunch of extra candy on my desk so the kids will come talk to me. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Um, I'm going to give you a chance to talk among yourselves about some things that you can pull out of that episode. Um, so, <clears throat> you could go through the different characters and think about how they tried to get love or attention from the kids. You could talk about uh, why kids at the office don't seem to fit because they don't contribute. And then talk about how do we love people who don't contribute to our situation. And uh, one of the main things, let's go to one of these, uh, do one more. So this is kind of to lead your discussion, but uh, they tend to treat love as a commodity, something to be bargained for, bought, coaxed, or taken. Consequently, just about everything else becomes a commodity in the pursuit of love. So there's very little real love in the office. And then here's a quote from a book called Grace and Practice. Grace is a love that has nothing to do with you. The one-way love of grace is the essence of any lasting transformation that takes place in human experience. So, um, the idea of God's love not of being unconditional, totally unconditional on how that, how we reflect that in our own lives. Something along those lines. You got it? Okay, so take some time to handing out candy, you know, that kind of stuff, and then you have force you have Everybody trying to, you know, when Michael thinks he's funny, but he's not, and just always different, you know. And then there's, of course, the there may be some legitimate, you know, love or feeling between the people in the office, but there still is the, you know, boss, employ, you know, employer, employee, you know, mentality that. Yeah. It's going to be there regardless. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, kind of a counterpoint to you had on the screen that there's no real, not much real love. But, like, later in the, in the series, when you get to the yeah. final seasons, yeah. which I know we're just talking about this episode, but at some point, it really becomes apparent that this is a community of people that yeah. accept each other and give each other a lot of grace and... Yeah deal with each other's awkwardness and Creed's unusefulness and Michael's awkwardness and they still love each other. They still function as a family of sorts. But. I think that's right. That's a good point. Um, and Michael, 
I think they kind of morph him over the series of the thing, yeah. and then becomes more. You may, you make. He's a more compassionate right. character, and he finally uh, finds some. Uh, well, spoiler. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe or may, or does he? Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know. They kind of ride off into the sunset. I think he has probably fifty kids, not hundred. <laughs> All right, uh, let's come up this way. You talked you talk about the first question, it's like a choice. Um, I think they say it is not, I feel like it is. Even people who say, well, it was love at first sight, there was a series of choices that they do to that space. And do you want someone to choose to love you? I think that's true, especially in committed relationships. You want the other person to make certain choices to keep that relationship right. Yeah, and if if the love can be unconditional, um, in some ways we seek that. Uh, I think a good question that this episode raises is how possible is it to have love? <coughs> Um, to have love without strings attached. So to love somebody without what kind of reciprocity is required to have a relationship uh, is a tough thing. Because um, that quote from that one way love transforms, go back to that Zal, raises a love that has nothing to do with you. So the idea of unconditional love is tough thing. Can you choose to love somebody no matter what? And then how does that how does that kind of love then transform that relationship? I don't know. I'm not good. I'm not, some thoughts are occurring to me. Yeah. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of going off of like unconditional love and grace's love that has nothing to do with you. I think that's how God loves us. And God gives us a choice in life to choose to love him or not. And we as Christians do choose to love God. And there are people out there in the world that do not choose to love God. And so he has given us that choice. So I think love is a choice. And I think we're also called to love other people. And we do choose to do that. Some, some people choose to do that. Some people don't choose to do that. So. Yeah. And then how does that kind of love transform people? So even God's love, even though it's unconditional, not everybody responds to it. So you can't guarantee a response. Good. Up here. Um, Are you guys all together? Yeah. Um, We said love is a choice because it's just choosing to consistent. Like even after like an initial attraction to someone, it's a choice to put their priorities like maybe not above your own priorities in life because that's Mm -hmm. more things kind of get like a little weirdly unhealthy if you're like but anyway um but like kind of like the like, uh, Ryan and, uh, yeah but like <laughs> if you're um, just to like consistently put their needs like pretty high on your priority list and like do things in the interest of that relationship that maybe you wouldn't do if you were only serving your own interests um and i think that that is kind of helpful to think of like that they're choosing to do that, like people who love me in my life are choosing to put my interests like pretty high on their list of things that they care about, which is kind of a little more comforting than 
feeling like it's just an automatic response. Um, and then also that we kind of talked a little bit about one-way love transforming people. It's like if you have a friend or like a relationship where you feel like their friendship or that relationship is contingent on like your behavior, so if you make a mistake, then that that's gone. Mm -hmm. Then you live your life, or like especially like the way you talk to that person is so different mm -hmm. than if you like know that you could tell them anything, yeah. or you could go like, "Hey, I messed up," and they'll just be like, "It's fine. We're just gonna keep going like we were." Yeah, those relationships where you know that you know they love you for who you are, and no matter what you do. I don't know. I always. This is what I'm thinking about. No matter what you do, well, I'm gonna say that. But uh, <laughs> but you realize that there, you don't have to be on eggshells, or you don't have to be worried, and that's just a relaxing, comforting. That's why family sometimes can be. If you have a, a good family, you know, they they accept you no matter what. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's fun to go home. You can just be yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the idea of earning or deserving uh, with love and things about putting forward effort, but not, um, not not like for the sake of getting love itself, like um, Pam kept trying to yeah. get the kids to love her, uh, but it didn't work out, and then at the end, she wasn't really trying, you know, like trying to force it, but she was willing going for the effort to get yeah. to know that kid at the end. Yeah. That's how it worked out. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, cool so just trying to discuss the, mm -hmm. the distinction between what it means to earn or deserve love and you know, kind of being willing and putting forward effort, but yeah. not just for the sake of uh, getting what you want. Yeah. yeah. Good. Just talking kind of about the different strategies they used, how Pam was using kind of material objects, and then Jim used kind of a personal connection, something he had in common with that kid. And also kind of how Michael didn't seem to care at all about the kids until he realized that he could make them laugh or that it was something that could boost his ego up a little bit. Um, and then we also were just kind of going over the is love a choice, similar things to this group, kind of just like that it's good to know that it's a choice because it's not just a feeling someone has and then cannot have. So Michael wants to have a hundred kids, so he has a hundred friends. Right. Uh, so, so, that was so sad, that part of it. But, you know, I've been in discussions about why did God create the world, and, and you know, and why do people have kids, I think it's, it's a related thing, in the sense that it's not a, is it a selfish thing that God created the world to have people to worship Him? Or, but it's, it's got to be more of like why health, healthy people have want to have children, not to have friends, but to kind of share love as a great relationship. So if you have the Trinity as three people that always existed, it wasn't that God was lonely, but they wanted to share, they, he wanted to share that relationship and with more and more people is the way I think about it. I mean, I would even add, like, it feels like, um, hopefully, when a child is, when, when you have children, or when people have children, it's coming out of abundance for love. I love this person so much that this is, we're, we're not doing this because we get something, it's just an out, 
this is this abundant outpour of love, that doesn't always happen, right? I mean, obviously, we definitely know of experiences where that doesn't happen, but that's what I think about. It's like this, even though we treat love as a scarcity sometimes, it is supposedly supposed to be this abundant outpour of continual love, like the Trinity. Yeah. Anything you can add to what we're talking about? Sure. So we talked a little bit about love being a choice. Um, and we talked about like how you can like love your neighbor as yourself as a choice. Um, but when it comes to romantic love, we didn't think it was as clear of a choice, um, if there was one at all. Because I mean, you can enter in a, with a relationship with someone else, um, but you can you can't really like force yourself to see someone as like oh like I love you romantically. Um, we talked about like you can decide to put them above, like their needs above yours and all that stuff, but those choices aren't the choice to love them. It's just the choice to maintain and make a relationship that's gonna work. Um, so like you can choose to like give out lo- like the love that the Lord gives out to us, um, and you can choose to give it out. You can choose to stop it if that's the situation. Um, but when it comes to like loving someone romantically, it really has to be something that's just like innate um, that you can't like force yourself into loving. What, what can you guys add? We just talked about how um, Michael doesn't like Toby. <laughs> At all. But he liked his kid, most of all. Yeah. And um, that's just sweet, you know, because he obviously wasn't necessarily, maybe she's on his level more. <laughs> but um, I do think that um, these people, too, also is early on in the series, I guess, so you can't see they're forming as a group. But through the way you can see when other people did come into the group as adults, they would kind of close ranks. But it's a, obviously there's a lot of unhealthy people in this show. Um, so sometimes, you know, you can see um, some of the unhealthiness in this specific episode. But, I mean, I do think that if you're going to move away and talk about unconditional love, um, I saw recently, which I almost wish I didn't, um, Far From the Tree, and it's a documentary, and this boy killed, the 16-year-old boy kills an 8-year-old boy anyway, in real life. It's really horrible. I wish I didn't see it because it's really upsetting to me. But his parents will never, I mean, obviously they are very sad and, and everything, but they said we love him and we can't not love him. I'll love you no matter what. And so I think with the parental love, I definitely see that unconditionality that you don't necessarily that you uh, see in other relationships, but with like spousal relationships, I think I I agree with you. Like I don't think I had a whole lot of choice about loving George. Um, and, um, <laughs> but I do know going through life, some days I want to like we would probably want to knock each other's blocks off. We get so frustrated with each other. But the nice thing about that is. You know what's comforting about that for me is that even when I'm mad at him and I, we get frustrated with each other, there's that in the back of my head I know that um, you know that I still love him even though he makes me crazy sometimes. And that's in every relationship. You're not going to find somebody that's not going to get on your nerves. I don't think there is a possibility of that. Um, but I think that that's a, a blessing to find that. But I don't know that everybody in the world has that. And that's something that's kind of scary for you when you have kids and grow up and you want to pray for them to find somebody who feels that way. 
that at the end of the day, no matter what happens or what kind of season of life you're going through, you're going to stick stick with each other through it. Yeah. That's what you pray for your kids. Good. Well, I know we gotta yeah, yeah. gotta go, but um, last last comments. Good thought-provoking things about um, just the transformational nature of love, and of course, here's a scripture that that we probably know. We love because He first loved us. So, how are we able to mirror God's love into the world um, and love people unconditionally in a way that doesn't, to me, that doesn't mean no matter that. There has to be some transformation. So it doesn't just leave. God's grace doesn't leave us where we are. It transforms us. And maybe if people felt that kind of love, it would motivate them to transform to, to be receivers and reciprocators. Thank you very much for being here. Go Bison. Go Bison. Go Jesus first. Go Bison.